you, Jesus, for your love for us, Lord God. You are our source of confidence, our source of peace, Lord. You are the rock that we are building our lives on. We thank you for coming after us, calling us into this new life that we have now in you and that will last forever. We thank you for blessing us with your presence, your word, and each other this morning. Amen. All right, go ahead and take a seat. We are, uh, if you're just joining us, we are Welcome Table Church, Open Table Church, <laughs> welcome. And uh, if you're at the park and you're just kind of listening in, feel free to join us. We're going to do a message from the Bible uh, that connects with our lives today. The series that we're in is called Winning Together. We're looking at what it looks like to win together in this new life that God has brought us into. And the mixer question, yes, was about in what situation... Do you typically get nervous? And I'm always a little bit nervous before I come up here, and then I start talking, and it, it tends to go away. Um, sports, I thought about all sorts of sports things growing up, like before the game, feeling nervous, and then you get out there, and you start running, and then you get into it. I played tennis. I remember that first serve was always a stressor. Uh, when I worked in PR, it was pitching a new client or talking to an analyst or an editor. It's like, ah, here we go. Anytime I've been stretched and anytime uh, the spotlight is on, that's where I feel those nerves. And professional athletes, like, they spend a lot of money on sports psychologists to help them in those crunch moments to perform well. Because what happens is when you're nervous, you get tight and you can lose your focus and you get fatigued easily. So uh, we want to move from that to confidence to the freedom that comes from confidence. And when you're playing a sport, let's say, and you're feeling confident, you're feeling loose, man, you're going you're gonna to win. You're going to try new things. You're going to try the overhead kick. You're going to try the, the double step over when you're dribbling down the sideline. You're going to try some things. You're going to reach. You're going to press when you're feeling loose and confident. You're feeling nervous. You're going to get tight. And uh, God wants you and me to play not only sports, but to play life, to do this thing with confidence. Because when you're confident, you are free. You're free to stretch. You're free to reach. You're free to extend yourself. And that's what we need in order to grow. Because whenever we're in a situation where we are growing, where we're being stretched, you're going to feel some nerves. And you got to be able to tolerate some anxiety. you got to be able to push through that to grow. Rather than just kind of shrinking back, ah, it's going to be too hard. Ah, it's going to require too much of me. I don't feel comfortable there. No, man, if you're following Jesus, Jesus is going to call you into places that stretch you for your good. Because he loves you. He doesn't want you to live comfortably numb. He wants to help you come into fullness of life. So he calls you into these places. He calls you into these, yeah, it's tough sometimes. But God also has a source of confidence for you that you need to get through those moments. He's with you in it. We're going to look at that source of confidence. And it's not what the world offers. The world offers you and me self-confidence. But you know the problem with self-confidence? Is it's dependent on you, on self, on yourself. And you're limited. You know yourself. 
Right? That's the problem. That's why we feel nervous in the first place. So God gives us a source of confidence beyond ourselves that he wants to call us into so that we can live free, uh, we can take risks, we can live and lean into this fullness of life that he has for us. Throughout Scripture, throughout God's Word, He gives us different images for this confidence. Because we're visual people, we, we tend to work in metaphors, and so He gives us several. We're going to look at two today, the source of confidence that God offers you. We're going to look at the rock, that's one image. The other image is living water. So let's first look at the rock, this source of confidence that God has for you. And it's, it just, it's all over Scripture, all right? We're going to go back all the way, 1400 B.C. to Deuteronomy, the Song of Moses. Moses wrote this song after seeing God rescue him and his people from Egypt, the superpower of the day, and bring them into the wilderness, uh, God displaying his power. After that, he, he celebrated this. And he said, I proclaim, Deuteronomy 32, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God, a solid, faithful, true God who does no wrong. You don't need to worry about that. Upright and just is he. God is our rock. And then moving forward, 1,000 years before Jesus came, 1,000 B.C., 2 Samuel, David sang this song. Remember David? David was a king, man. God used him mightily. He did amazing things through David. David had a, David had a full life, all right? He, he leaned into life. He said this. Um, David saying, he said, my, the Lord is my rock. My God, my Lord is my rock, my fortress, my strong place, and my deliverer, my rescuer. God is our rock. God is your rock our strength. And then more, the, the theme continues. The prophet Isaiah, 725 years before Jesus came, Isaiah 28, 16, listen to this one. This is what the sovereign Lord, the sovereign Lord, our rock, God, our rock, says, see, pay attention, look, I lay a stone, a stone, another rock, a specific rock in Zion. Now, Zion is where the temple that Solomon built was standing when Isaiah spoke this. And it was built on Zion, or at the temple there. And this rock that I lay is a tested stone, tested and true, a tested stone, a precious, specific cornerstone for a sure foundation. Now, Jeff Engineer had explained to me what a cornerstone is. When you're making a stone building, the first stone you lay is the most critical stone. It's a corner stone. It's critical because every stone you lay after it lines up with it. So it's got to be a good, solid, strong stone. And so we see here God is, seems like he's building some sort of new temple, some sort of new strong structure. All right, so this precious cornerstone, it's a sure foundation. The one who relies on it, this is you and me, here's the opportunity for us, the one who relies on this cornerstone will, here it is, never be stricken with panic. Never be stricken with panic. Man, there's a lot that goes on in life that can cause us panic, right? Stress, fright, nerves. There's a cornerstone for us, though. We rely on it. We will never be stricken with panic. That's a great promise. 
We will be confident. We will be strong. We will be solid. I want that. And we hear about this precious cornerstone again in Psalm 118. And then later through the prophet Zechariah, 520 years now before Jesus came. Listen to this. Zechariah 10.4. From Judah, from Judah will come the cornerstone. And you're like, wait, wait, what? What? So the cornerstone is what? If it comes from Judah, what does that mean the cornerstone is? It's a person. Judah is a person. Isaac had Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. Judah was one of them. From Judah, many more people came, including David. Judah is the kingly line. From the kingly line of David of Judah will come the cornerstone. Woo! Jesus comes into the world then. 500 years later, and he starts making some audacious claims, right? I am the resurrection and the life. Before Abraham was born 2,000 years ago, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. All those things about himself. And then in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus says this, Mark 12, 10, the stone that the builders rejected He's speaking to the Sanhedrin, those who are in control of the temple. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. He's referring to himself. And in case anyone missed it, after Jesus' death and resurrection, Peter, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is dragged before the Sanhedrin, that same, those same builders who rejected the stone, the cornerstone. And he proclaims to them this, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. The cornerstone of what? The cornerstone of a new temple, a living temple, where he is the cornerstone that we now build our lives on. So, summary so far. A cornerstone has been laid. That's the image for us. And that rock, that stone is Christ. Now, Disciples of Jesus. What does this have to do with us? Disciples of Jesus, followers of Christ, who have come to the rock, this precious cornerstone, who rely on it. If you want to win more and more in this life, if you want to come into the fullness of life that God has for you, this side of heaven, then listen to what Jesus tells his disciples. All right? That's what we need to do. We need to listen to the cornerstone. What does he teach us? What does he say to us? Now, if you're wondering what it looks like to follow Jesus, to live a life that is winning in Christ now, a good place, a solid place to go back to again and again is Matthew 5 through 7. This body of teaching, Jesus teaching his disciples, this is what your new life looks like. This is what it looks like in relationships. This is what it looks like in giving. This is what it looks like in prayer. And then at the end of Matthew 5 through 7, we get this in Matthew 7. This is how Jesus concludes that teaching about how to live as his disciples. Listen to what he says. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears, hears these words of mine. They've just been listening to him. Everyone who hears these words of mine and key idea, key thing to do, puts them into practice. Doesn't just hear them, but puts them into practice. Tries to live by them. Is like a wise man who built his house on the rock the rain came down the streams rose the winds blew they're blowing now and they beat against that house yet it did not fall why because it had its foundation on the rock 
The wise man built his life on the rock. But in contrast, everyone who hears these words of mine, everybody who hears Jesus or about Jesus, but does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand, shifty sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. If you have planted your life on Jesus, if you've come to this precious cornerstone, then start listening to his words and putting them into practice and thereby building your life on the rock, on the solid ground. Then it will stand. Then you'll be able to withstand the storms, the winds that come, the things that come against you in this life. So let's capture that today. This is what winning looks like. It looks like this. Build your life. Build your life. Keep building your life if you're already started. Build your life every day on the solid rock of Jesus. There is a solid place to build. All right. In other words, another way to say this is put your confidence, put your confidence not in yourself, but in Jesus. And then I'm like, okay, let's unpack this some more. What does it look like to put your confidence, not in yourself, not in circumstances, not in other people, other things. What does it look like to put your confidence in Jesus? Build your life on the solid rock of Jesus means putting your confidence in Jesus means putting your full trust. Listen to this. Put your full trust. Put your weight on Jesus. Put your belief in the power, the trustworthiness, and reliability of Jesus. Put it on Jesus. Now, why would you do this? Why would we do this? Because he's God. He's the eternal, everlasting one. To build your life on Jesus is to build your life on the eternal God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the everlasting creator of all things. That, my friends, is solid ground. And it's the only solid ground around. As I got to this point, I was thinking about another picture came to mind where there's a rock, a big mass of rock. This is, this, the wind is perfect for this message. All right, there's this rock. And the rock is this mass. Picture this. In a sea, a swirling, churning, swelling, wavy, up and down sea. All right, so you got this rock, solid rock in the middle of the sea. Now, in the sea, that, that solid rock, in that sea, there's little dots that you see floating on the sea. There's some big dots, some little dots. People, these are people on the sea in little boats, flotsam and jetsam. Some on rafts, barely strung together, some just holding on to a plank. Some just barely getting their heads out of the water, keeping their heads on the water as the waves are going up and down. And some are on some big fancy boats. All right? Pretty solid, nice, fancy boats. All right? You got a whole variety floating on the sea. People building their life on the sea, trying to survive the sea. And then there's people on the rock. All right? Building their lives on Christ, hearing and putting Jesus' words into practice, building their lives there. And while we are building our lives on the rock, the other thing we're doing is we're calling out to people in the sea, come to the rock, man. 
There's a rock over here. Come over. Come to God. Join us on the rock. There's a solid place. And when someone has been out to sea for a long time, I remember when I was 23, out to sea for a long time, wet and waterlogged, get onto the rock. Hey, there's a rock. Thank God there's a rock. Get on the rock. Oh, the rock is God. All right, you get on there. And then if you've ever been on a boat for a long time, you know, waves and stuff, you get on land, what happens? Your legs feel weird, right? You got to adjust to this solid ground. And one of the adjustments now that you've come to the rock, or you're, maybe you're just scrambling up on the rock now, one of the adjustments that God will lead you through is moving from anxious, stressful, fearful, striving, survival mode, being on the sea, to a new place, to a new life, to a new way of confidence, joyfulness, and patient building with God. God has called you to build his life on the rock now. And there's this shift. God wants you and me. God wants to help you and me take off the old, the old sea life, if you will. It's the sea life of panic and stress and striving to get your own way, striving to do it your way in your timing. Panic, stress, striving to get, you, to get a better boat, bigger boat, scrambling to survive and to get maybe a little bit more solid ground under you. See, but now that you're on the rock, here's the shift. This is where God wants to take you. He wants to help you put on the new, the new confidence, joy, and patiently building with God a new life, a solid life. The confidence is this. I'm in God. I'm secure now. My time is not running out. I'm part of something eternal. I'm part of this new creation that's just beginning. Joy, thank you, Lord. Again, thank you that there is solid rock. There's something solid in this sea. I was so happy to find the rock. Instead of frantically striving, we are now patiently building our lives with God. We got time. We got eternity. If you are in Christ, you've been brought into the new creation. You're a piece of God's new creation. And it, it lasts forever. So we don't have to strive, frantically strive. We can patiently build with God. This is what it, I'm trusting God means. I'm taking the time in my life to seek his wisdom, to seek his guidance. Instead of just reacting, responding, and surviving, God, we get, can get out of that mode now that we are in God. Seek his wisdom. Build with him. Go at his pace. Don't rush ahead. You know those times in your life where you just rushed ahead, you made it happen, and you're like, oh, no, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't, this isn't it. God wants you to go with him, walk with him. Not fall behind him either, but walk with him. Philippians 4 kind of ties these themes together for us. Listen to what it says to us, to, to followers in Christ, people who are building their lives on the rock. Rejoice. Listen, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And if you miss it, I will say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice. Whatever's going on, Paul's writing this in prison when he's saying this. My gosh, how can he say such a thing? Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Man, when you're frantically striving, when I'm frantic striving mode, when I'm in that old stuff and I'm operating all that, I'm not very gentle. It's hard to be gentle. 
But when I'm in Christ, when I'm standing on that rock, I can be gentle. Let your gentleness be evidence to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. The Lord is near you. He's right under your feet. He's with you. That's why we can, we can rejoice in the crazy situations that come up. Do not be anxious about anything. Why? Because the Lord is with you. But in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving for what he's already done, make your request known to God. Talk to God. Bring it to God. Ask him for help, for wisdom, whatever you need. And the peace of God, here's the promise, which transcends all understanding, right? Maybe the circumstances don't warrant peace, but God wants to bless you with his peace. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts. All right, this is the opportunity. This is the way to live, the new way to live. Now, as I was thinking about this rock imagery, I'm like, okay, what, how do I get that? How do I live in that day to day? You know, we're going to go out from here into the traffic, into maybe, maybe you have something you're not looking forward to so much, maybe whatever you have looking, coming up this week, maybe a hard meeting, a hard conversation, stuff will come, right? How do we live with this through the week? How do we access this in the moment when tension hits, when panic strikes? What do we do? How do we live? Well, this brings us to another image. Another image. So we're going to shift now from rock to living water. Isn't that cool? Like we're going from solid rock to living water. All right, let's do this. All right, we're going to turn to living water. And for that, we're going to turn to John 4. All right, shifting to Jesus. First year of his public ministry. He's on his way from Jerusalem down south to Galilee, and he stops in between in Samaria. And there's lots of layers to this encounter we're going to look at, but we're going to look at one element, focusing on this the living water. Jacob's well was there in this town in Samaria. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. And it was noon. When a Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. So there's some deeply entrenched divisions there. We're not going to get into that. But Jesus cuts through all that. He continues, verse 10. He says, listen, if you knew the gift of God. Okay, I'm listening now. Gift of God. And who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. So Jesus is there by the well, offering her living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? She's a little bit skeptical there, naturally. I I might be in that situation also. Jesus continues, verse 13. Everyone, he says, who drinks this water in the well will be thirsty again. So true. I'm getting thirsty right now even. But whoever drinks the water I give them, all right, the water that comes from me, Jesus is saying, will never thirst. And she's like, whoa, wow, what what kind of water are you talking about? Indeed, the water I give them, the water that I have and the water that I offer you will become in them, become in you a spring of water welling up, welling up to eternal life. 
wow, what kind of water is this? Sounds good. Woman said to him, sir, give me this water. Yes, Jesus, give me this water. I want this water. Let's capture this. Jesus is offering you and me, anyone who has ears to hear, living water that springs up inside you and is the source of eternal life. Great offer. All right? Now, you may know what this living water is, but just let's let Jesus reveal it to us. Later on, third year of Jesus' public ministry in Jerusalem, at the temple, he's talking about this living water again. It's during the Festival of Tabernacles, big event. People, a bunch of people are in Jerusalem for it. John 7, 37. On the last and greatest day of that festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice to the crowd, Let anyone who is thirsty, anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Come to me. He's the source of water. Come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, whoever believes my word, believes what I've been saying, what I've been teaching, what I've been revealing, whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, he's referring to Ezekiel there, as Scripture has said, rivers, rivers of living water will flow from within them. All right, picture that. You're, you're hearing this. If you're thirsty for living water, if you want that to flow in your life, Jesus is saying, come to me and drink. Come, I'm the source of this living water. All right, but what is this water? Maybe you're like, well, I'm not sure, Wayne, what's this water? John helps us. He adds this note, verse 39, by this he, Jesus, meant the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, the very presence of God. Who's God? God's the rock. The God who is the rock is the Spirit of God, is this living water, whom those who believed in him, in Jesus, were later to receive this rock, now this living water in them. Up to that moment, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. We see as we follow the story along, God poured out the Holy Spirit. When? After his death and resurrection and ascension. After his glorification. Let's capture this. The fill-in is this. Jesus, saying it back then, saying it to you and me this morning, come all who thirst. Come you who thirst and receive the Holy Spirit. Receive God's powerful, personal, life-generating presence in you. Come and drink like water. And we have to skip Ezekiel 47 a bit, which is where Jesus pulls the image together. But here's the key point. Here's where the images meet. Listen to this. God, the Son, who is the rock, the precious cornerstone, is offering you and me the Spirit of God without measure, a river flowing in you, the very presence of God, so that now wherever you go, God goes with you. The living water goes with you. Wherever you go, wherever he leads you, whatever stretching moment he brings you into, fear not, for I am with you. Be strong and courageous, for I am with you. The spirit of the living God is with you. His powerful personal presence right there with you. 
Don't forget it. We forget it. We get scared, right? We see the circumstances. We see the roaring waves. We freak out. We forget that Jesus is with us, that the rock is under our feet, that the spirit of the living God is with us. If we live with that, if we live with that confidence, if we remember that reality, we can take risks, we can play loose, we can stretch, we can be generous, we can live the lives that God has called us into now. Let's capture this. The living water, the spirit of God, is God's never-ending source of confidence for you. He's your confidence. Don't put your trust in your own strength, your past achievements, you know, your associations, whatever. Put your confidence in God. That's solid. That's, that's not going away. And if you have that confidence, then you can take off the old. You, begin, you can begin more and more to take off panic, stress, striving to get your own way, and put on confidence and joy and patiently build this new life that will last forever with God. God's with you, man. You're part of this new creation. God's spirit's in you. If this living, living water has already started in you, you're part of his new creation. And this new heaven and earth is not going away. All right. Now, this helped me. I'm like, okay, I get the concept. I see the picture. Thank you, Lord. Help me carry that around with me. Help me access this. This is how I try to do it this week, all right? Because there are moments, moments come. Panic strikes, right? The, the nerves hit, right? There's a, there's a thing where I'm just feeling stretched, and my, my earthly, fleshly tendency will be like, ah, I'm going to avoid that. Too hard, too demanding. I don't think I can do it. That's where God's going to lead you, man. He's going to lead you out onto the waters because that's where you're going to need to grow. That's where you're going to be a blessing. That's where you're going to need to depend on him. All right? So this is what happens. Try to put it into practice this week. Two steps. Number one, be aware of the tension inside. Be aware when, when panic has struck. Be aware when you feel fear because in that moment, you, you have one or two ways to go. Pull back, you know, stress and strive and, you know, fight and get your way and be irritable and grumpy and, uh, you know, be that person. Or you can rest and access this confidence, this joy. Take a deep breath and patiently build with God who is with you. Be aware of the tension inside. Number two, stand on the rock. I mean, these images help me. I don't know what you need, but I need these images. Stand on the rock. I'm on the rock. Okay. I'm solid. I'm on solid ground. Thank you, God. That's true. And call on his presence. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. You can do that anywhere. You can do that in the middle of a meeting. You can do that while you're driving on the freeway. Right? You don't have to, you know, go to a mountaintop. God is with you. Just access him. Remember, this is the opportunity for us this week. Let's try it this week. Let me pray for us, and then I'm going to open up the mic. Just if something's stirring in you, you feel like God wants you to share uh, this, you feel like that urge, I want you to, I'm going to invite you up. I'm going to open this up for a couple minutes, but let me pray first. Lord, thank you for 
getting us on the rock, Lord God. Thank you for coming after us, Jesus, and pulling us up on the rock, which is you, the eternal Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We thank you for bringing us into life with you. We thank you for this solid ground on which we stand, and nothing can shake us, nothing can take us off. Thank you, Lord. We are secure in you. You did that, Lord. You made it possible. Lord, we thank you for putting your spirit in us, Lord God, your powerful presence, Lord God. Help us walk in the spirit, live by the spirit. Help us stand in you, Lord God. Let us lean on you more and more and take those risks, those good risks that you call us to take, Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, I'm going to open this up. If you feel like God's stirring something in you, you want to share, um, come on up. I'll open it up for a little bit here. Good morning, church, and good morning, you all on Zoom. My name is Arthur, and a lot of y'all know me well. Pastor, I want to thank you for that message because you know, and I want to thank you for the opportunity. When, when you know, I, I, I try to make my own decisions. I've learned today, and I'm grateful for it, that whatever decision I make, if it doesn't line up with God, then it's not the right decision. And I thank you for the cornerstone, and I know today, then I'm grateful enough to know that I have an adversary that I can call on. And to look out amongst the people today, I am grateful for y'all. And OTC has brought more meaning to my life today than I've had in 70 years, and I'm grateful for it. So thank you for the opportunity to share. And OTC, I love you unconditionally, and there's nothing you can do about it. Thank you. Hi, I'm Craig Frost. I really appreciate the, the rock. I would say one thing. Once we are on the rock, make sure there's a lot of seaweed at the bottom of it because Satan is always reaching to try and get up there, and we need to keep him away. And, of course, our belief in God will do that, but it's a constant battle. So please stay with it. And it may not be a mortal sin, that Satan has been bringing to us. There are people out there trying to take advantage of us in all kinds of ways. So be cognizant, be careful, be wary. And follow Jesus, in God's name I pray, amen. Hello, my name is Anthony, and I liked how we talked about um, anxiety and how we get mad. You know, earlier this week I had a test and I was kind of anxious, and I'm really grateful talking about anxiety and severe um, madness that we have to control. And um, I thank God for everything that I have. The best time is now, not then. Now is the best, and you have to enjoy it. You can't get mad at something that is, it's just, you have to live your life to the best. Thank you, guys. I'm going to go. You guys have to hear me talk all the time. I was just thinking, so I, I tend to be a person who can be struggle with anger and frustration. Things just, you know, I anticipate things. Oh, my gosh, it still happened. It's so frustrating. And I've had to learn with God that I'm not able to, I need to choose to turn to God. This is kind of what's on my heart right now is I need to choose to turn to God in that. I can't say, God, make that not be frustrating. Um, he could. He might do that. But what he's saying is, dude, Switch your perspective, switch your orientation to me, and then those things that seem big will become small. They might still be frustrating, they might still be difficult, or like Anthony was talking about, you know, things that are making us angry, but 
It's not a deal I'm able to make. I'm not, God, make nothing frustrating. Then I'll be good. No, that's not the deal. God's like, turn to me, to the solid, to the rock. And um, that's what he's asking, you know? So anyways, it's me. That's good. I'm just going to tee off on that a little bit more. Um, sometimes I think people lose faith because life this side of heaven is hard. It's brutal. It can be you get used, you get betrayed. It's, it's just harsh. And Jesus didn't say, hey, come to me and I'm going to make it sweet and charming. He said, in this world, you will have much trouble. In this world, you, my followers, will have much trouble. Because this world is fallen. It's the sea. All right? He's going to calm the sea. The time is not yet. The time is for you and me to come to him. Because he's overcome the world. He is the power that overcomes everything. And he says, now come to me. I'm going to help you walk through this life. Do it with me. Do it with me. And that's challenging. It's hard. Because people come with us to us with prayer requests, and we pray, and sometimes God does intervene and change the circumstances, and sometimes he doesn't, or sometimes he says, not yet. But what we have in that is him with us through it. Through the valley of the shadow of the death, he guides and comforts us. He is with us. That's his promise. That's his word. Let's build our lives on that. Lord, again, thank you for this time. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. It's fun to hear from us all. And now we're going we're gonna to pray to you. We're going to worship you some more this last song. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.